My name is Manny Jones. Welcome to the Manny Files. Today we look into a world very familiar to some people, the world of cryptids. I'm very honored to welcome Christian McLeod, also known as Cryptid Guy. McLeod is the founder, director, and lead investigator of the Asheville Cryptid Society. Christian, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Manny. I am honored to be on the Manny Files. This is really cool. I appreciate you having me. Oh, anytime. Let's open the Manny Files. So first, how long have you been investigating paranormal activity? Oh, man. Manny, we're looking at 23 and a half years now. 23 already? Really? Yeah, that's, it's, yeah it's been that much already. Yeah, it goes quick. <laughs> Time flies fast when you're having fun. Yes, it does. Here's a question I'm curious about. What exactly is a cryptid? A cryptid for me is any undiscovered life form. Some people would say any discovered animal. I go for the life forms. I, I'm talking the whole gambit. Bigfoot, Godzilla, vampires, aliens. I put the whole gambit in there. So for me, a cryptid is any undiscovered entity. But a lot of people would say it's any undiscovered animal life form. But I'm, I'm going to one-up that and say any undiscovered entity uh, that's alive. Paranormally, anything that's, you know, paranormal has passed away and it comes back. And, my, and that's just my classification system. A lot of people have different ones, mm -hmm. but that's just how I classify stuff. All i got to say is, in terms of Godzilla, uh, hail to the king. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> Can't go wrong with him. <laughs> so what made you want to start investigating cryptids and the paranormal? When I was little, I grew up in a, in a small town in New England, and my house was haunted. And all my friends, you know, all their houses were some kind of activity. It was normal for us. Uh, you know, we'd have something disappear and, and end up in the basement or in the barn, you know, and no one did it, but we'd find stuff there and it was just normal behavior. You know, we got used to it. So I grew up that way and thinking that was normal. And then when I relocated to Florida, you know, none of that happened down there. And it was like, well, why is it happening there and not happening here? So it always kind of stuck with me. So I start, you know, looking into the paranormal because I realized that's what paranormal activity was to an extent. So I'd read books, watch movies, I mean, as much as I could. And it used to kind of interfere with my schoolwork, but I had more <laughs> fun doing that. Algebra suffered, but the paranormal, it, it did not. <laughs> oh, man. You never know how much fun you're having looking in the paranormal. I remember getting interested. I was listening to the um, an old edition of Coast to Coast AM with that. Art Bell. Yep. I love listening to that. I could listen to that forever. I, was, I listened to the whole show where he had... If you're an employee of Area 51, call oh, this number. I, I listened to that show over and over again my senior year of high school. I loved listening to that so much. Art Bell, was the, he was the man. He was oh, such he was. a cool guy. Yeah, He influenced me because, I, I, as I said, you know, you and I were talking before the show, and we're, we both spent some time in Florida. And I used to, when I first started, like, listening to Coast to Coast AM, it was off of 570 WFLA, and, and that was in the Tampa market. And I, I remember the first time, the first show I ever heard, he had some witch on there talking about how she was going to curse everyone and curse him and all this other stuff. And I thought it was a joke. You thought it was a joke? I did. I thought, I'm like, what <laughs> the heck is this? And then I started listening to it, and then you're hooked. I mean, he oh, was yeah. the guy that would hook you. All you had to do was give him five minutes, and you were hooked. He was you know? amazing. He, he was, was amazing. amazing. And you know what's cool is we actually have the Art Bell Alien in our mystery museum, uh, Joshua P. Warren's Haunted Asheville Mystery Museum, we have uh, Josh was a buddy of his, and he actually had a, a wooden alien that uh, Rush Limbaugh had given him, and that's in our museum. 
And uh, Art was a big fan of Josh's, and Josh actually, I think his the first time he ever had like a national coverage was on Coast to Coast. I could be wrong about that, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that was is what it was on. And for those of you who don't know, Joshua P. Warren is, is he's I'm very lucky to have him as one of my dearest friends. But he was also uh, he he wrote a book when he was 19 called Haunted Asheville, and that that became his his forte. He's a paranormal investigator, and he he's branched off into many other things since then. But that's that's how he got his start. But uh, there's there's that coast to coast connection. He's on coast to coast quite a bit actually, even to this day. Hmm. And because of him, I was able to meet George Norrie and Tom Danheiser, who have become dear friends of mine. But they've also given me the, I guess, fortitude and and the stability mentally enough to to be like in the public eye with my cryptid investigations and the paranormal work I do. Because prior to that, Manny, I've been doing this for years, and I always kept all my information to myself. You know, I talked to people, and then, you know, we'd have conversations sporadically. And Josh and I would start talking, and he's got this crazy theory that Bigfoot's transdimensional, which is stupid. But he's transdimensional. I, that is, yeah, he thinks he can you know, And to me, anyone says that. And a lot of people get offended by that. It's my opinion, but that's ridiculous. Anyway, that's what kind of started our whole friendship was this whole cryptid discussion and then we get into the paranormal and paranormally we had a lot of the same views but the whole cryptid thing he's completely wrong i've gone on record saying that to him in his face i love you josh but you're wrong when it comes to cryptids they're not transdimensional they're living breathing entities that live in this time space there we're on the record yet again we're on the record so we mentioned cryptids what evidence do you have about the existence of cryptids in north carolina i have seen a dogman several times in north carolina not too far from here i've got I've taken footprints from cryptids or creatures. I, I call them Bigfoot, but I, I was just, like I said, I was showing you some of the pictures we never really released. But I've taken uh, pictures of 21 by 11 and a half inch footprints many times uh, in this local area. I've had calls. I've had tree breaks from 10, 12 feet up, all documented. Um, I've never really run into anything with hair, like any hair samples. But the truth of the matter is, even if we did, I wouldn't know what to do with them. I mean, a lot of people yeah. send them to a lab. Well, I don't have the five grand to test it, so. <laughs> Maybe you could have arts parts or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I uh, need to go fund me to have some <laughs> DNA testing done. If you would like this hair sample tested, would you donate $5? So, I, you know, so we, you know, and, and the people that I work with in the Astral Cryptid Society, um, I'm I'm very, very lucky, very blessed. Um I work with a guy named uh, Tiny. His real name is Daniel Hurst, and he's the uh, one of the founding members and lead investigators for M and D Paranormal. And they're they're blowing up. Uh, they're getting huge because they're just they're like their their philosophy is just like mine. Uh, you know, just be honest. Tell it the way it is. This is what we have. You know, it's 100 percent right there. We don't embellish. We don't fake anything because there goes your credibility. Once your credibility is gone, you're out of the game. So and then Tiny's just like that. You know, he's he's very honest. His whole crew's like that. They're very honest. And, you know, when you can when you can sit there and go through 138 hours of video footage, you've you got a gift. So, I mean, you're doing it out of love. And the other thing is, you know, we don't charge for anything. God, no. If someone calls me and they're like, hey, I saw that I got this problem, blah, blah, can you come out here and look at it? I go out there. I drive out there. It's all my own dime. I give them my opinion. And if they, you know, listen, that's great. If they don't, that's great. But that's it. We don't charge anything. I want to help people, Manny. If someone sees something they can't understand, you know, our whole lives, we're, Bigfoot does not exist. Loch Ness Monster is re- not real. It's not a plesiosaur. can't be. It's impossible. 
not, first of all, nothing's impossible, one. And two, we don't know. We don't know all the answers. I personally am 100% sure Bigfoot exists. I, have I seen Bigfoot? No. I've found evidence. Yes. But I'm 100% sure Dogman exists because I've seen him twice. What is Dogman exactly? Picture a black werewolf that's 10 to 12 foot tall. That's Dogman? That's pretty much Dogman. But it's he's like that all the time. He's not supernatural. He's just a natural-born creature like that. And if, if you go back in Egyptian mythology, it'd be Anubis. It's, this is nothing new. This Anubis? Is, this is something that's been around since civilization. You know, Alexander the Great hired basically a, a battalion of dogmen to fight for him. And if you look in the historical records. So, I mean, this is nothing new. We've had him around a lot. I have a theory about why we, we didn't see so many, but we can get into that later. On your website, cryptidguy.com, it mentions you also have knowledge about unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Tell me. What do you know about UFOs? <laughs> you show me your Area 51 I, uh, sticker. I, I love UFOs. I've been reading about UFOs my entire life. Uh, I've seen a couple. I've been lucky enough to see a few. that. Well, I don't know if they were UFOs, but I couldn't explain them. They're, so for me, they're unidentified. I've seen them in, in Nevada at night. I've seen them on the, on the beaches of Tampa Bay at night, and uh, I, I can't explain what they are. But I've done a lot of research, you know, operate like – you know, Project Blue Book with Heineck. I've been reading about Heineck for years. I was so jazzed when they came out with that TV show. And I love the fact that that's like the new X-Files for me. I love that show. Oh, the X-Files. But, I've, you know, the day after Roswell, things like I've been reading. I've read stuff like that with, you know, with Corso. I've been reading stuff like that for years. So I'm just a UFO aficionado, in my opinion. You know, but I, and I've also believed in underwater UFOs. What do you mean by un- that's a new one? Underwater UFOs? I think there's, well, Joshua, he did. Joshua, if you guys go to Joshua P. Warren's website, I don't know if he still has it up, but he was in Puerto Rico and it's a USO, this underwater submerged object, object, and he got it from the Puerto Rican airport. And so it was from the TSA, but you see this object going in and out of the water at like 200 miles an hour or something like that. It's all black and white, it's all video footage, but it's awesome. But I also think if, if they have the technology to go between worlds and dimensions or however they do it, they could probably have some kind of shield that would allow them to propel themselves underwater without, you know, slowing down a whole lot or being crushed from pressure. But I just think that's, it makes sense to me because if you have that kind of tech, you can probably, you know, go a couple thousand feet underwater and be fine. So, I mean, I'm just, I, I always thought in my, my thought process on UFOs is that the universe is so big, we'd be only, only humanity could be arrogant enough to believe we're the only ones out there, first of all. There's got to be something else out exactly. there. Exactly. It's too infinite. And even, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, but how arrogant would we believe? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I believe in God, whatever you want to call him. But who would I be? Who, who am I to say that God would only create one race? Mm. How come God can't create an entire, uh, you know, a billion? It's God. He's, he's infinite. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. So all of us that sit here and think, oh, you know, about God's image, blah, blah, blah. Who are we to say that he didn't do that on different planets? You know, I, I remember reading in our galaxy... There's three million Earth-type planets alone. Three million. Three million in our and again, I can't remember if this that this exact number in our galaxy or a part of the galaxy. All right. So in the universe, there's going to be 300 million million Earth types. So think about those numbers. There's got to be it's, something it's, out there. Right, of course, there's stuff out there. And you know, I'm a huge Bigelow fan. So when you get Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace on 60 Minutes saying, "Oh yeah, aliens are among us," and we just, I that to me. That should be your open, incidentally. You should get that little little line from the 60 Minutes interview with Robert Bigelow. <laughs> I, that, to me, that I want Bigelow for president. Bigelow for president. Because uh, he'll tell you straight up, oh, yeah, they're here. 
All I want, listen, all I want from Bigelow is I'll vote for you, but I want a lightsaber because I know you got one somewhere. <laughs> we, can all lightsaber. Be, we can all be Luke Skywalker. Well, you imagine someone parks in your spot. Oh, you think that? <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to that front end. But uh, no, I mean, so he goes on national television and tells people that aliens are among us and are real. I think he'd know. He's One in the, the, guy's in the air. Military. Second of all, he's a he's made self-made billionaire. Respect. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. I read this on my show Sunday. Which, by the way, Manny's Rocket Conspiracy Sunday, six to eight p.m. right here on WWCU FM. I was reading this on my show, or some Coast to Coast AM, and it was about how the Navy apparently is updating their their UFO mm-hmm. reporting tactics. Yep. Which I thought was very different, considering this is the now. U.S. Navy. Yeah, they're admitting it now. I, I tweeted, I retweeted that. They're admitting that UFOs are real now, the Navy. But you don't hear about that. Yeah, you don't hear Let's about that. Let's keep talking about this Russia thing and Congress. T- I, I don't care about that. I want to hear about the UFO stuff. All right? I don't get political. I'm just saying. I want to hear about the UFO stuff. I think that's a little important, because now they're starting to talk about a space agency, all that other stuff. I mean, before you know it, we're going to be Buck Rogers out there. By the time you're my age, you know, your kid will be wanting to join the space agency. (laughs) Space Force. Space Force One. So I was reading the team biographies of the Asheville Cryptid Society. I came across this quote. I'm going to read this to you. This relationship has put the ACS and Joshua P. Warren on the forefront of many successful research endeavors and expeditions. Most currently, this professional will lead to the uncovering of a hidden tunnel system under the city of Asheville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. There's a hidden tunnel system underneath Asheville? Yes, there is. It's a haunted one, too. How did you find out about this? We did a lot of research. Uh, A lot of it traced back to Vanderbilt when he was down uh, here building the Biltmore State. Uh, Some of it can be attributed to bootleggers, but it's very much there. We're still doing a lot of investigation on that, so I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that. But mm-hmm. I, I assure the listeners, it's very real. Uh, that, that, that one got my attention. And I will say this. Don't try looking for them, because even if you did find access, they're, they're very old and very dangerous. So, you know. So uh, it's sort of like the catacombs under, under the, under the uh, it, it Eiffel much, Tower. Very much like that. But, I, I, again, you know, I don't want anyone getting hurt. So if, if you think you know where something is, just keep it under your hat and, you know, Keep it private. You don't want anyone else going out there and getting hurt. So I don't. I don't. I don't encourage anyone to even go look for them. I can understand chances that. Are, you know, they're they're in places. You know, you're looking. You have to get permission from buildings and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like this whole network system. They're here, and there's little pieces here, and there's other pieces here. So, it's it's and and the other thing is, it is very dangerous. Hmm. So I don't recommend people looking for them. Uh, we do our research just by straight up reading about it. And then, you know, we'll go there and if, we'll ask people, hey, have you ever heard of this, this sort of thing? And sometimes you get a yes, sometimes you get a no. But there's there's people that will tell you straight up, oh, yeah, we've got a door downstairs and it leads to nothing but this tunnel. Oh, well. Oh. So that's how we get most of our information. Like I said, everyone thinks we're Indiana Jones in it. The truth of the matter is, you know, before you go be Indiana Jones, you know, the guy swinging on a whip, you've got to be Indiana Jones, the guy in the library, for, you know, 16 to 20 hours. Yeah, doing all the research because the real research happens in the library. That's why I always tell people, you know, anyone can be a paranormal investigator. Anyone can be a crypt investigator, but realistically, most of the real work is done either in the field. And that means trekking through ungodly terrain mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere or in the library. So you've got your choice. And that's most of my, we, we split our time up. The research we do, it, it's, it's not, it never stops. When we decide we're going to research a building, this is just giving an example. If we get a paranormal tip on a place, well, we research who originally owned the land. And I'm talking, we go back to the foundation of, of the state. Who's owned it? 
paranormal problems, Native American involvement, um, murders or deaths. I mean, we're, we're our last investigation. You know, we went back to like 1810. 1810. Yeah, but that's how you find. That's that's the research. You have to dig. You have to go in there. We go downtown in the file. I mean, whatever it takes. You have to get that information because that gives you the big picture. So anyone just goes in and like, I love these shows. Ooh, look, my meter's going off. <laughs> or you come in and there's some some lady going, oh, yes, the spirits are upset. No. I, I'm not buying that. Are there spirits in this room? Yeah. I, I, and yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, she, you know, it's like, come on. Sure, sure they are. That's not how it works. You know, I wish Ty was here because Ty and Ty. Ty sits there, he's going through 136 hours of video footage, looking for anomalies, listening for EMF, you know, uh, EVPs. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. Unless, you know, it, it's not like Ghostbusters when you're sitting there staring all of a sudden, you know, something. that's not how it works. You see stuff sometimes, but it happens so fast. That's why you have the video equipment, because that's, you know, the digital video is probably the best thing that ever happened to paranormal investigators and cryptid investigators. Because, like I said, before, when I go out, when I even go on my tours, I put my GoPro on. And I tell you, I, I've got that. I've got a GoPro Hero 6 my wife bought for me. I've got, I use a 120-gigabyte chip, and it's got the cleanest, best quality. You know, even, and the voice on it is even awesome, and I've got it in the protective case, too. So uh, if you guys want to be a paranormal or crypto investigator, go buy yourself a GoPro and start with that. So let me ask, how does a normal investigation go about, or is there such a thing as one in the world of the paranormal? Well, man, that's a good question, brother. Every case is different. You know, if someone tells you, oh, okay, this, I woke up this morning, this wall was bleeding. Okay, well, let's go look at the wall. And then you, you kind of assess the situation. And I'll be honest with you, we ask them point blank if there's any mental issues. I ask them point blank, is there any drug or alcohol issues? Because, you know, I want to do a whole, I want a gaff. I want a global assessment of functioning on the person that I'm discussing this with. So that, that gives me a whole lot better idea of whether or not, you know, I've had phone calls, Manny. I had a guy who used to call me all the time, and he told me he would show me proof of positive of Bigfoot, but it was going to cost me a case of Jack Daniels. And I said, well, what do you do? And he goes, well, he keeps drinking my booze. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, well... He'll come over Friday nights around 2 a.m. and we'll start playing poker. And he'll smoke my cigars and drink my booze, and then he leaves. This is Bigfoot this we're is, talking about. Me, but this is Bigfoot. And, you know, so, okay. <laughs> Maybe we dig into this a little further. So Bigfoot's a, a chronic gambler with an alcohol issue. I see. Okay. <laughs> and this, these are phone calls I get. So you kind of have to weed them out. I haven't heard from him in a while. I don't know what happened to him. He never gave me his name. He was like... <laughs> This is Mr. X. <laughs> I'm sure, so, I'm sure I mean, Bigfoot just just wanted to drink. You know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Well, he talks too. Apparently, Bigfoot talks. He would talk to this guy, play poker with him all night, and drink all his Jack, and usually win. <laughs> and then he said he cheats. Bigfoot <laughs> cheats at poker. Bigfoot cheats at poker. So I, you know, again, these are the phone calls. <laughs> That's how my day starts, Manny. How about you? <laughs> Christian, is there anything I haven't asked you about but you feel is important? Uh, well, one thing, and, and you know what? If someone decides they want to go into crypt investigations, you know, and, and I totally understand, safety needs to be your number one factor. You always, always, always have to be safe. And that means a couple things. Always have the right equipment. Always know where you're going. And always tell someone where you're going and when you should be getting back. I used to cowboy it all the time. And by that, I mean, I go up by myself and I'll be home whenever. 
and that, that I was stupid. There was times I let me tell you, there's a few times I almost didn't come back. And it's just from normal stuff, you know, you're getting lost, turned around, just things like that. And it's dangerous out there. And again, it's like when you're investigating, like, like let's go back to tunnel systems. We don't go, you know, it's not like we've got a bunch of shovels and stuff. We, we do the research. It's all research. So don't think you can just go somewhere and find a tunnel or do something. Or if you do find one, don't go in it. Find out why it's there. Do some research first. I mean, one, it could be government property. Two, you know, it could be dangerous. Three, it could be saying, I mean, there's all kinds of anomalies. So don't don't be a hero. Do the research first. Find out where you're going, you know. And, again, you can find out anything with enough research. So it's all – I'm all about safety. You have to be safe. And if, if you're a team leader, it's on you to make sure your team is safe. And, and that's how – you know, that's my biggest thing. That's, that's, we used to do a lot of things differently, and I looked at it, and I said, you know, eventually if we keep this up, someone's going to get hurt. And I just – I couldn't have that on my conscience. So I, my number one thing is, of course, the research is important, but safety is the most important. And you just have to keep yourself and everyone you're with safe. And if you don't, then shame on you. You reminded me of something, actually. We mentioned the tunnel system. We mentioned the catacombs. Have you seen the footage of the uh, person running in the front in the catacombs underneath France at all? Or I saw like a two-second clip of that. Oh, I'll explain it to you then. In the catacombs, because what the catacombs used to be was they used to bury the dead yeah, there. Yeah, that's why they have the but, bones. Yeah, but now it's a, now you can tour the place, but you can only tour a certain amount because a good majority of it is very dangerous and windy and narrow. So a lot of tour guides don't show you a great majority of the catacombs. Well, um, one individual who knows the catacombs like the back of his hand found a camera there. And when they actually looked in the camera, they found the footage. It was this person that was alone in the catacombs filming everything. And at some point during the filming, he starts to panic. And he's running fast or he's running throughout the catacombs. He's getting lost, basically. And then he, uh, then the camera just drops and you see him run. And then all the camera does for the next out couple hours until the battery dies is it just stays there at the bottom of the catacombs. And that person is unfortunately probably dead because he stuck in the catacombs and was... Looking around the catacombs, a very dangerous place underneath Paris. Well, any kind of tunnel system is dangerous, especially if they're old. Yeah, very. that's that's why I don't. I, I tell people straight up, don't don't do it. Your your life isn't worth it. I'm sure that guy would rethink the second he dropped that camera. He was rethinking his choices. And again, that's why safety is such an issue. You know, I, I that's why I tell people don't don't do it. Everything we have is speculative. Like we don't have hardcore proof of this going to here or this going to here. We have research and we have Asheville folklore and we, we have some witness statements that they know something's there allegedly, blah, blah, blah. But the truth of the matter is, you know, if, if we had to draw a, tel- a system tunnel out, I, I couldn't do it. I have an idea where things are, but I'm not going to tell people that because I don't want anyone getting hurt. That's why, that's another reason why we really don't discuss it. We had to talk about this and the safety kind of a priority for everyone. And I don't want anyone getting hurt. We don't really talk about entrances or anything we really know about it. I mean, we know they're there. You know it's there, but you can't really disclose it. Yeah, and the other thing is, again, I don't want anyone getting hurt. Makes sense. I wouldn't want that either. Well, it's just we know it's there. So where can people get in touch with you and the Asheville Cryptid Society about events or to report a paranormal event? I'm real easy to find. It's just the AshevilleCryptidSociety.com. That's my my webpage, and you can get everything from there. Uh, You can Twitter me. I gave you a follow on Twitter, actually. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, no I, problem. As many followers as I can get, I will take. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No problem. So you are what on Instagram? I'm Asheville Cryptid. Asheville Cryptid on Instagram. Uh, Instagram. And, and, and Society Cryptid on, on Twitter. Twitter. Right. 
And then on uh, Facebook, it's just Asheville Cryptid Society. And my other webpage is just Cryptid Guy. Um, and if you want to email me personally, you can just email me at AshevilleCryptidSociety at gmail.com. And then that'd be the easiest thing. Christian, thank you so much for having me. It's been an amazing time with you, man. Uh, you know what, Manny? If uh, you ever need me back here, brother, I'm, I'm right down the street. So I, I love it. This was awesome. Uh, this is one of the night. I know you're still a student here. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, this is like a, a, a college campus thing. But I've you're more professional. I've I've done professional interviews, tons of them, and and this I've been more comfortable here than in a lot of them. So I appreciate it. This is kind of like hanging out with a buddy. I feel like oh. I know you. So thank you. I should come up to Asheville sometime. Love me. <laughs> I love that. And uh, for those of you who want, I also do the uh, haunted Asheville tours. I do them on Tuesday nights at eight, and then uh, Friday and Saturday nights at nine. So you can get me there, too, if you want. And uh, that's at hauntedashville.com. You can talk to me there about anything. <laughs> so we have a good time. As we close the Manny Files, I'm Manny Jones. Stay skeptical.